you're listening to the Nonprofit Buildup Podcast, and I'm your host, Nick Campbell. I want to support movements that can interrupt cycles of injustice and inequity and shift power towards vulnerable and marginalized communities. I've spent years working in and with nonprofits and philanthropies, and I know how important infrastructure is to outcomes. On this show, we'll talk about how to build capacity to transform the way you and your organization work. Hi, everyone. It's Steph, Buildup's Executive Portfolio Liaison. This week on the Nonprofit Buildup is part two of a two-part discussion between Buildup's founder and CEO, Nick Campbell, and founder and president of CSR Communications, Nancy Murphy. You can jump back to part one of this conversation to learn more about leading within organizational change. But with that, let's dive into the second part of Nick and Nancy's discussion, where Nancy continues sharing insights on leading, supporting, strategizing, and re-energizing big change initiatives, especially given the current climate. We talked a lot about the change journey how leadership can respond to that initial change curiosity, the roles of different stakeholders within organizations. When you think about the nonprofit sector and all that you know about change and strategy, what do you think that we should be doing more of as a sector? And what do you think we should be doing less of? I definitely think we should be doing more dreaming. I think as a sector, we've forgotten how to dream, right? Either because we're all so overwhelmed with the crises of the hour and trying to serve more and more people and meet bigger and bigger needs with ever-tightening budgets, now facing staff shortages, just like every other organization, but feeling like, well, we can't pay the compensation and we think that a trust. So we get super locked into this, what's immediately in front of me that is urgent and thinking of incremental progress and tweaking around the edges. But I think we miss the moment to imagine a world where the problem that we're solving, the issue we're addressing no longer exists. And so I wish we would do more dreaming. What do I wish we would do less of? Probably staying in our bubbles, (laughs) right? I, a couple of months ago, spent a few days in New York at the Wall Street Journal's Future of Everything Festival. And that was definitely out of my bubble and out of my comfort zone. And I will tell you, it blew my mind in so many good ways. And it really got me thinking about what is possible in the world that I thought before the middle of May was impossible and what will be possible in the very near future. And I think when we spend all of our time having conversations with folks who are in our industry or in our sector or who already agree with the way we framed the problem or the challenge or who are so absorbed in whatever our cause or issue is that you know we can speak in shorthand and acronyms and all of that. And I really wish we would do less of that because we all need our minds blown a little bit more frequently. I like that a lot because, you know, we talk a lot about an ecosystem approach for nonprofits. And when we think about how organizations operate, it's less of a singular vehicle and it's more of how do different types of organizations and leaders work together 
towards a common goal. So this idea of stepping out of bubbles, stepping out of your silos, I think really just plays really nicely into that, which makes a lot of sense. I want to talk a little bit more about dreaming. I think that word is intriguing. So talk to me about how you would position folks who are working with historically marginalized and vulnerable communities who are really in a place where, you know, all of us actually are facing systems that are just inherently inequitable. We feel like there is a very uphill sort of journey that has to happen. And at every turn, there's something else that's coming up that's really proving how inequitable the system is. And so to go to organizations that are working with communities that are really just trying to, at this point, keep their heads above water just within the system itself, how do you frame that to say, let's do more dreaming? at this point in a way that then resonates with that organization and resonates in the work that they're doing with those communities. Yeah. Well, I think first of all, let's not pretend that that work is easy and that it's the environment and the context that most leaders operate in and most communities live in is not very dream friendly. (laughs) So I don't want to pretend that this is easy and that this work isn't frustrating and demotivating and, and all of that, because of course it is. At the same time, what I've kept coming back to the last few years is a quote from one of my favorite guided meditations. And I'm forgetting exactly who the person in the guided meditation is quoting right now, but it's about when we're committed to change, that we commit not to fighting the old, but to building the new. And that's what speaks to me because we can spend tons of energy fighting the old, but I am a firm believer that the old, there are so many cracks in the foundation, the old is crumbling away. And if we don't build the new, if we're not dreaming about what could be possible, then someone else is going to build the new that's not going to be the new we want, right? Or the old will crumble and there will be nothing in its place. So I think the frustration comes when we're fighting the old and we feel like, again, we're sort of convincing those laggards that are holding on to the status quo for dear life. And it's very freeing, I think, to just say, you're going away. What I'm going to do instead is dream and build the new so that if we together can create a vision of what's possible, if we can actually imagine a future that's better than what we have now, then we can start to paint that picture and others are going to want to come along. So I sort of feel like it's a freeing experience to just say, whatever the crap is that's kind of coming at me every day, I accept that it's here and that it's hard, but I want to build the new. So how do I carve out the space to dream and to have those imagination conversations with people who share my values and will help me create the new? Yeah, it's like a both and, right? Where you are dealing with the 
the inequities, the issues that are coming up today and knowing that you have to address them, you have to fight back, so to speak. And then also stepping into leadership, really, and saying, I am designing this new world, the, the new possibility, the new vision, the new system in which we will all operate. And it's leadership in the way I'm seeing it from what you described, because you're telling your own story. And you're recreating it in a way that's outside of the, the current system. And you're, you're stepping into that in a very unique way. So I like that approach. And I like the, the word dream because I think it's just not a word that we use a lot in the sector. And I think it's very inspirational to say you get to step into a new type of leadership, actually. So, well, you. and, you know, let's think about <laughs> the people who really have the lived experience of inequity and marginalization and discrimination and structural racism and ableism and ageism and and all the things, most people don't get through the day (laughs) without dreaming, right? So I think we can learn, those of us who have more privilege can learn dreaming from people who the only space that they could create that was a positive life many times was in their dreams. And so by dreaming that something better was possible, not everyone, unfortunately, is able to manifest that in their lifetimes. But I think that how did we come out of slavery? How do you, you know, when you talk to women in some countries around the world who are still considered property and they have to dream that there is something better that's possible. And I think we can learn to dream by having more conversations and learning more from people who spend more of their lives in marginalized, inequitable, discriminatory situations. Right. And and seeing that dreaming is actually a critical part of change. It's where we reclaim power and agency, Mm -hmm. right? In our dreams. If we can imagine a future where I have power and you don't or whatever, that's a way to reclaim agency and to reclaim our power. So I think there's, there's a lot of power in dreaming and in imagination. Right. And if we think about funders... And nonprofit organizations that are, are you know, seeking funding, so they're, they're grantees of other funders, other organizations. When we think about how do we support this dreaming, right? Because we are talking about dreaming as a critical part of change, and so we're there. But then the additional work steps in where it's like, okay, now we're going to take this dream and make it a reality, Right. And we're going to talk about implementation and how we take this forward. What role can funders play? What role can nonprofits play in all of this? Well, so let's start with funders. What creates the imagination deficit in nonprofits? (laughs) Well, oftentimes it's the funding practices, requirements, restrictions that lead to an imagination deficit in our nonprofits. So how can funders help? Well, I mentioned to you earlier, I used to work for Grantmakers for Effective Organizations. A big part of what GEO is about is encouraging funders to give general operating support. (laughs) 
How do we have resources that we trust? You know, this goes back to the power dynamic. We trust the leadership of the nonprofit organization to decide how best to use resources at their disposal to meet their mission, to meet the needs of the people or the communities they serve. So if there's less chasing and trying to fit things in and what we can only do programmatic, well, that just creates an environment where dreaming and imagination is less possible. So how do we have the type of trust-based funding that enables leaders to operate in a way that opens up space for dreaming. I think that's a big one. When I was at Case Foundation, we used to talk a lot about proposals that, and I think this is what the funding community creates, this dynamic of we would get a proposal and the first 10 pages would be all about how bad the problem is, you know, all of the data, all the stories, it's such a horrible thing. And we've been doing this work for 75 years and we want you to give us more money to do that. And, you know, we would look at this and be like, well, you've been doing this for 75 years and the problem seems worse than it was when you started. <laughs> so, And maybe that's actually not the case exactly, right? But it's like, as funders, we sort of want to fund the greatest need. So we encourage nonprofits to focus on how bad the problem is and how big the problem is and how persistent the problem is versus here's what the world could look like and will look like if you invest in us because you know this is what we're building as opposed to highlighting because that sort of creates this weird mindset you know it kind of triggers things in our brains of this deficit and scarcity And so I think that gets in the way of dreaming. So how do we help create abundance mindset from a funder perspective? What can nonprofits do? Well, I think part of it is how do we get out of the Groundhog Day mentality of it's like crisis of the hour over and over and over again, and we never carve out time for strategic thinking. We continue to add more and more programs and initiatives, and we never do the Marie Kondo of our our strategy where we sort of look at things we've been doing and thank them for their service and how they contributed to our mission, but then we let them go, right? So when are we culling programs and initiatives so that we're not just piling things on top, but we're creating that space? And then how do we invite people to get creative, to get innovative, to really dream, we need to sort of break the pattern, right? So how do we do the pattern interrupt? How do we convene meetings differently? How do we trick our brains into opening up new areas and seeing beyond the thing that's right in front of us? So there are lots of tools and techniques for that. But as nonprofits, we not only have to create the time, we also have to be open to trying some of those and really having that experimenter's mindset. Right. And seeing innovation from the existing programs strategy that you might have because you're culling those things and looking for opportunities as well. So I really like that. And with the funders, you know, you had me at general operating support. I say <laughs> this all the time. I completely agree with you about the imagination deficit. That's really what it creates. And this idea of giving a very limited, non-flexible funding right. 
compared to just saying, here, I believe in your mission. I want to invest in it. Show us what you plan to do, right? I think that's a very different approach and it does encourage dreaming and imagination and innovation. So I think that's a great advice for both. So Nancy, you know, I could literally talk to you for hours about this topic because your responses have been so thoughtful and insightful and really helping us think about change in a different way. And I want to ask you a question that I ask all of our guests to help us continue to build knowledge through books and people we should learn from or about to close us out. What book do you think we should read next or what artist do you think we should be paying attention to? Well, I'm going to suggest a book and an organization. So I'm in the middle of about six books right now. This is one of my bad habits. So it's always really hard for me to just recommend one. But given what we've been talking about today, I'm going to recommend Imagination Gap by Brian Reich. Because when I, about six months ago, started like really digging into this imagination deficit, I started Googling around and I found this book. And I was like, how did I not know about this book? So I think it's a great tool for anyone who's intrigued by this imagination idea. So Imagination Gap is the book. To build on this idea of getting out of our own bubbles and having our minds blown, I'm going to recommend an organization called Grow Your Own Cloud. (laughs) Just because the idea is so wild, apparently we can now store our data on the DNA of a plant. So think about that for a moment. And if that is possible, let's imagine what else might be possible. So check out Grow Your Own Cloud. (laughs) I learned about them at the Future of Everything Festival. And I love what they're doing because it blows my mind. So... Well, thank you so much for both of these suggestions. We'll put them in the show notes so that listeners have access to them as well. Nancy, you have shared such tremendous knowledge and insights that I think that leaders will be able to use to build out their own organizations, embrace change, think about change a little bit differently, even how they approach different stakeholders within their organization. I also liked just this idea of dreaming. I really like the word itself. I don't, again, I I just don't think we use it enough in the sector. And really seeing dreaming as a critical component of change and an ability for leaders to really step into the work that they're doing. So I just want to thank you for your time today and for helping leaders be able to use that information to help them build bravely. So thank you again so much for joining us. Thank you, Nicole. This was a really fun conversation. And that completes this two-part series on leading within organizational change with Nick Campbell and Nancy Murphy. Additionally, if you want to build a stronger board structure, make your grant process more responsive, and transform your organization to work more efficiently, then schedule a discovery call with the BuildUp Advisory Group. The BuildUp Advisory Group strives to be brave enough to truly be risk-takers, be creative in ways others are afraid to be, and approach philanthropy with a unique and fresh perspective. We would love to hear more about your brave mission to change the world. Thank you for listening to this episode of Nonprofit Build Up. 
To access the show notes, additional resources, and information on how you can work with us, please visit our website at buildupadvisory.com. We invite you to listen again next week as we share another episode about scaling impact by building infrastructure and capacity in the nonprofit sector. Keep building bravely.